Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the uh, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean! How are we doing? I'm just... I, I'm... Feeling stoked. We got football tomorrow. First game that counts. First game that counts. Yes, we got football tomorrow. Yep, and because uh, you, you, so you got you got the get your uh, get you got the fabulous Scotty Freytown. You have your <coughs> reigning, defending oh, champion God. of Pickham, Tyler Dean. Uh, yeah, he. You are the reigning champion, Tyler. You, you. I, I will say that you you had me beat by what, what was it? Week sixteen, week seventeen. You had me beat out. I mean. Theoretically, if I got everything wrong in the last week, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had my, you had me. We we extended it to the playoffs, and and uh, I'm I'm willing to bet we'll probably do the same thing this year. Um, Tyler just I, I took way too many risks last year and pick them, but I digress. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. It's, I took shots. You in picked the, dark. the Vikings a little too often. Uh, well, you know, I didn't pick the Vikings that often, but um, now, so Tyler, I'm bothered. We were talking about it before I went on the air, and I'm bothered. You shouldn't uh, and, be. And you're saying I shouldn't be, but I'm bothered. So and before you get into it, I just want to say, basically what happened is um, ESPN threw up their little hook, and they hooked you right in the uh, ear, yeah. right in your ear. Oh, yeah. Possibly both of them, and hooked you right into caring. And it's not even caring. Here's the thing. I, it's not caring. It's just the fact that it went on. <laughs> it's just the fact that it happened. And it's there, and and it bothers me. So ESPN goes out and they simulate the 2019 NFL season. They they do that. Uh, there there's potential scores and storylines for all the 267 games, and they do this every year. And they they go out and they they simulate this season like 20,000 times over, some ridiculous amount. And then they go out and they they picked one that they feel is the most accurate of the bunch. I don't even know if they, if they felt it was accurate. They picked it random and went with it. I don't know if they picked, went at random. I mean, one way or another, they, they threw this, this, and I'm going to say hot garbage out there. Hot garbage. Okay? God, I, even though it has this wilderness in the playoffs, I, I kind of hope it happens now just to I, piss you off. No, and, and here's the thing that gets me, okay? It, it, it was so... It, it looked like something out of, out of uh, uh, Tecmo Super Bowl. That's what it looked like. Some just random nonsense where you just simulate through the season and, oh, looks like I'm taking on the the New Orleans Saints of 1989 today. Like, the, the crappiest teams in the NFL are winning divisions and all that other crap. And so I'm looking at this whole thing, and I'm, I'm staring particularly at the NFC North. I'm looking at that. And I see the NFC North. Now, and I see all kinds of wrong just all over the place in the NFC North. And, and not even just because my team's in the NFC North. It's just the fact that it's just such a crappy projection. Starting with the Bears, the only thing that they remotely got right in that whole thing is that the Bears regress. That's the only thing that I think they got I, right. I can see them regressing. I don't see them regressing that much. No. They're not eight, in the playoffs. To 8, 7, and 1? Like, They're not missing the playoffs. No. So so we that was the first thing. The first, you know, and, and the the smallest issue I had with this whole thing. Do they regress? I think so. 
Do they go 8-7-1 and one and miss the playoffs? Mm, I don't know about all that. Then comes the Lions. Okay? The Lions sit there and they go, they, they say that the Lions are going to lose 11 games in a row to start the season. 11. Now, mind you, this is a schedule that includes the New York Giants, the Washington Redskins, the Oakland Cardinals. Raiders, and the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm supposed to believe that the Detroit Lions, as crappy as I think they are, and as much as I don't buy into them, that they're going to lose to those guys. And then, in the final six games of the year, they're going to go on a 4-2 and two tear and rip the roof off the Bears and the Vikings. Not just... And it's not just, oh, hey, they beat them. Blow them out in, in two games in the end of the season. Just be, at, at a certain point, I feel like ESPN was just sitting there like, eh, you know, I just really feel like crapping on the Lions today. I love it when people crap on the Lions. But this one was just, like, egregious. It was just one of those things where they were like, oh, well, the Lions have an affinity for winning games they shouldn't win so that they don't get the number one overall pick. So they're just going to go on a tear and light the world on fire at the end of the season. Absolutely not. And then they go out and project the Vikings going 7-9. and nine, And, you know, forget the fact that I'm a Vikings fan and it's a slap in the face to me and all the other Vikings fans out there that every single news outlet is out here uh, 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 undercutting this team and 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 saying that they're not going to be as good as as they should be and you know based on last year and what went on last year a lot of people are are I think sleeping on them but the worst thing of it all the worst issue I had with this whole thing is not only did they have the Green Bay Packers winning the division. But because of that, they also are going 13-3 and and have the best record in the NFC, according to this. NFL. Or in the, well, is it the NFL? Too? Yeah. Wow, in the entire NFL. So, so they're so busy with their mouth full of Aaron Rodgers' ridiculousness that they believe that this team is going 13-3. and Forget the fact that they drafted a, a defensive end with a torn labrum, and forget the fact that they went out and they drafted a, a third-round safety in the first round. Forget the fact that they didn't, they didn't go out and improve their offensive line. Forget the fact that they just cut one of their best defensive linemen and sent him over to their NFC rival, or their, their NFC North rival. Forget that. We're just going to go ahead and say Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is just going to go on some type of tear like he's freaking Superman, and he's going to set the world ablaze like only Aaron Rodgers can. Give me a break. It's Despite nonsense. Despite the fact that um, they have Rodgers and Adams, I, th I got the Packers going last in the division. Yeah, that's under what I the got. Lions. I, I, got, I actually have Packers and Lions competing for the toilet bowl of the NFC North. And... and Realistically, this is just ESPN stretching their denim over over Aaron Rodgers and sitting there just sitting under his desk with his ugly ass porn stash. And ESPN, you put this prediction out there, you put this whole thing out there, and guess what? You went and basically took a crap right on my computer screen and right on your website, took a big picture of it and slapped it up there for the world to see. That's what you did. It's a giant slimy turd, and you should be ashamed of yourselves because you're supposed to be, you are supposed to be the big name in sports broadcast and this is what you offer me?
This is what I get to look at. This nonsense. See, I feel like they said, all right, we need, we need an article. We, we need um, X amount of views. Just throw something, something stupid up there, and people are going to talk I'm, about it. Yeah, so I mean, it might be. You you just I mean you, maybe you right now just made um ESPN ten million dollars today because they because they just um put on an article just for you to talk about. I mean maybe I don't know, but then I mean they they do the right thing in the NFC South other than the Panthers going three and thirteen and the Buccaneers suddenly going six and ten like Bruce Bruce Arian is getting them out of the cellar there. That's ridiculous. I can see the Saints and Falcons being one and two. That's a no brainer. But then we go to the NFC West. And we see the San Francisco 49ers going 11-5. and five. Jimmy Garoppolo just got done throwing five interceptions in practice, throwing several interceptions in the preseason, and then sat there and claimed that he was purposely throwing into coverage because he's an idiot. Quite simply, Rams aren't regressing that much. And, and the Rams are supposed to go 9-6-1, and Seattle, apparently, who just acquired some huge defensive talent, is going 6-10. and 10. Really? Really, even though we're not, even though both of us are not big in the Seahawks, they're gonna be one of those just missed the playoff type of teams. Right. Nine and seven, eight and eight. But then you go over to the East, and you see three teams in the NFC East going seven and nine, and the Eagles going eight, seven and one. I I like the order they have this in. Just um, add about two or three wins to the Eagles and the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the order, but I mean, really? And remove wins from the Redskins. Right. I mean, the Redskins, uh, with, yeah, the Case Keenum-filled Redskins are going to have the same record as the Kirk Cousins Vikings with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. The Redskins, who don't have any corners, other I mean, they have a, a, the regressing ghost of Josh Gordon over there, and, and now they have Landon Collins, who's probably the only bright spot on their defense. They have no receivers, and I'm spo- and, a, and a junkie quarterback that can't perform outside of the Pat Shermer system. And I believe that the Redskins are going to be going somewhere in the NFC East or pushing for a division title. Come on. Come on now. That's childish. That's actually ridiculous. And then they, they got the NFC West. Apparently, the Chiefs, who set the world on fire last year, are going to go 9-7? and seven? What? You're kidding, right? Is it? Is this? I, I just. I feel like we're in bizarro world. It's a simulation meant to get you to talk, and they it's, and they got they got. I they mean, got they, their wish. did they get what they want? Maybe I may. If they, it's to get me to talk. Well, hey, kudos to you, ESPN. But for Christ's sake, absolutely obnoxious. I mean, the the AFC East. It looks good initially when you see the the order. But then you go, oh well, wait a minute. Patriots ten and six, Bills eight and eight, Dolphins eight and eight, Jets eight and eight. So all those guys are competing for playoff spots. Really, the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. The Dolphins basically just went out on the middle of their logo, took a dump on the field named Josh Rosen, and they are going to be eight and eight. Come on now, come on. Let's be real. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's, it's an article just meant for stupidity. It's, it's, it's a simulation. I, I don't know if it's made there was for no, stupidity. There was no thought put into it. It's just, hey, <clears throat> simulation, throw it out there. Who cares? It, it is no different than, than, than going downstairs, turning on Madden, sending a season, posting a screenshot and saying this, this, is, this is predictions. But at a certain point, like when, when you're looking at this, when you see this, whether it's a simulation or not, at a certain point, somebody had to sit down and go, yeah, that... that doesn't seem right. Let's rerun that. <laughs> at a certain point. But really. at that point, it's not a real-life simulation. You run it once and you post it. Well, no. They ran it 20,000 times and picked their favorite. They picked one randomly. I don't know that that's random. 
I mean, and and really, I, I, I what is this? I can't help. But, I can't, I can't help but think that um, if, if they if the one they put out had the Vikings going fifteen and one, you'd be going. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because I know the Vikings aren't going to go fifteen and one. I just I feel like they should be a little more realistic about it. Look at Vikings at seven and nine. I, I, you know, you can't tell me that if the Ravens were going fifteen and one, you'd be jumping up and down. I wouldn't be jumping up and down because the Vikings were were projected to go fifteen and one. I would just be sitting there going, "What the, f- what's going on here?" Then don't pay it any mind. You know, it's it's just obnoxious, and and that's the thing. These are the people that are supposed to be the top notch people in this business as but far as in, sports go. The that's what they get. Simulations, like- regardless of whether or not it's a simulation, it's still stupid to put out there. It's stupid. It's absolutely ridiculous. And and they got to make money. They got to put out yeah, some articles a day. They're gonna they're gonna put out whatever they want. That was horrible. It's horrible, and they should be ashamed of themselves for putting such nonsense out there. Absolute nonsense. And then Baltimore is apparently supposed to stack 51 points on the Browns, too, mind you. I mean, give they, me a they break. Ain't putting up more than give me a break. Any time this year. Give me a break. Hey, they're pretty generous. They got the Ravens going 9-7. 9-7, <clears throat> and seven, but still missing the playoffs. Hey, that's, that's, that's <laughs> more wins than I would think. I mean, it, it's just it's absurd. I can't stand it. ESPN. We'll cram it. Now, uh, Tyler, we have um, several news stories around the NFL. We're going to get to these now. Um, and uh, perhaps one of the uh, one of the biggest ones here, it is the biggest one, let's face it, Ezekiel Elliott gets signed to that six-year $90 million extension last night. Um, it's tied for the biggest. Uh, is it tied? No, no, he's the biggest running back. Well, I said tied for the biggest story. Story. Oh, okay. Well, that's because... You love Jared Goff. Well, it's just it's because like when you, when you, you, yeah. you get your quarterback lined up for the next next uh, four years, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. So the Cowboys re-signed Zeke six years, ninety million dollars. I think this sets up the Cowboys big time for the long term, and and it's a six million, it's a six year extension. So they basically get Ezekiel Elliott for the next eight years. I thought this was a brilliant signing. Now, mind you, Jerry Jones was an idiot during these ne- negotiations. The guy just needed to know when to shut up, and he didn't. You should have got it done. They finally did. Yep. It took way too much longer than it should have. Well, what not only did it take way longer than it should have, but Jerry Jones just would not shut up about this whole thing. It's just like, dude, quit saying Ziku. Quit talking about him. Quit saying nasty things about the guy. Just, you know, give the guy his money and, and um, you know, just let him – you know, let him stay with the team. Just give the man his money. Quit saying nasty things about him. Quit being rude about the about the guy. You know, just pay the man and move on. And and they finally did. It just took way longer than it, yeah. it really needed. It the didn't. It didn't. Your guy get it done. Yeah, it didn't require and, all the nasty, you know, little pot shots and poking at the bear. It didn't require. No, Jerry that. Jones was being a, was was just being an idiot. Yeah, and he, he they, really they, was. they have so many more players that still need to sign. So, I mean, so the, the Cowboys' mission doesn't end yet. No, it doesn't. And um, I, I think that, that the, the Cowboys, um, I, 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 I think they, they, they set themselves up really well in a cap situation. They really did because Zeke has two years for cheap. Mm-hmm. And they still well, got... And they not, still got a, not stupid cheap. Well, not stupid cheap. But, I mean, this year he makes $3 million. Next year he makes $9 million. So against the cap, what they can do is if, if they were smart, if they are smart, and, and it looks like that's what they're doing, 
They're signing other players to larger contracts, which I'm going to assume are going to wind up being front-loaded. And if they do it right, if they front-load those deals, as Zeke's contract gets bigger, their contracts will get smaller. That, that'd be the smart thing to and do. And that would be smart. And and I think you're going to see that when it comes to the, like, when Amari Cooper gets signed coming up here, because that you know that's right around the corner. If they wind up re-signing Dak Prescott, you know that's around the corner. These types of things will go on, and, and I think they're going to wind up in a really good place. What's funny to me is I think Zeke should have waited for the sake of now in two years when his contract starts. Yep. By the time he runs his first snap, he'll be the second highest paid running back. Yeah, he will be. Because Alvin Kamara's knocking on the door. Yeah, they're, they're claiming he's, Kamara. Because he, right now he's making, in his last two years, 800000 Yep, that's what so, he's making. So um, Zeke should be happy he was getting at least a, a, a premium in, in his last two seasons. Kamara's making, making dog shit, and when he and he's ready to get his contract, he's going to get paid. And it's not going to matter that Zeke's better running back. It's, it's, we always talk about it. It's the times. It's the times. Kamara will get a heavier contract than Ezekiel Elliott. As long as he produces. And he will. He's got to produce. As long as he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Now, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take ourselves a quick break, and we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at IYTMassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back to Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Don't shut the... Boo! See, he hit me in the face. You see that? <laughs> this is unprofessional. Unprofessional, Tyler. It could get worse. Ugh. He hit me in the and right of the mouth. With, uh, with the bum. The bum. Yes, the, it's me, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. And uh, Tyler, more news around the NFL. We, we just got done talking about the Ezekiel Elliott uh, re-signing. And... Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff also makes headline news. Four years, one hundred thirty-four million dollars. Yeah, just, just a hair over uh, Wentz, which is um, he, he's got the same uh, 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 what's the, what's the dude that does their contracts? Um, same agent. Yeah, same agent. He got yeah. he got the same agent as as Wentz. So uh, obviously he's going to get just a hair higher than Wentz. Wentz just got his recent little bit while back. What is it? Thirty-three and a half. Yeah, ballpark there. We're gonna have to go for it. yeah thirty three and a half. Hey, I was right. I checked my math, just like you hate when I do it. But well, I'm gonna go out on a limb to say that you saw the thirty three and a half number prior to. Well, well, I did. It? I I couldn't remember if it was thirty three or thirty four and a half. I couldn't remember yeah, which so one. Based on mem- so you, you remember that based on memory, not yeah. off math. Well, no memory, but then I actually <laughs> had to. Ch- I actually went back and checked my math in the calculator, like you hate. Um, but I had to do it because I didn't want to want to throw some fictitious number out there. 
Come on. I'm just trying to be realistic. I I'll accept it. I don't like it. I don't, uh, honestly. Um, I thought it was a little too much for Jared Goff. I think Goff is a good quarterback, I, I but I have questions about whether or not this was Jared Goff as opposed to McVay. I don't think that's fair. I think it is. I mean, who's who's to say that that McVay's success isn't Jared Goff and Gurley? Well, and I also don't know that that um, you know Tom Brady, for example. I don't I don't know that Tom Brady would would perform the same way outside of the Belichick system. But um, but before Brady or before Golf, what has McVay or Belichick ever done? Nothing. So you you, you can't. You, well, Belichick, no, I I agree. Belichick that, was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland and was bad. And was bad. And was bad. But so that, he also didn't have good players on that team either. So we're saying that Brady's a good player. Yeah, but, I mean, we're, we're, well, I'm, we're, not, I'm not we're, denying we're splitting hairs. You know, um, I'm I'm just saying, like right now, you you don't know if it's if it's a if it's a golf thing or if it's if it's a McVay thing. Technically, mm-hmm. McVay's done nothing to show that he's some god among men of coaches, right? So McVay, well, I don't know, he could have he turned them around pretty quick. He could have rode the. Goff and uh, Gurley coattails. Yeah, he could. He could. And maybe, because yes, Goff spent one year without McVay. Yep. And he was horrible. He's, he, only, he only started half, less than half the games. And he was horrible. But, <laughs> but, uh, there's there's a note of, okay, I mean, Goff has, like, he, 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 shook, he shook the worms off, and, mm-hmm. and you see that that does happen. It does. It does. I mean, I have questions. I, I, I think I, the jury's still out. I mean, it is. Goff, last two seasons, was. For the better part of most of the season was on MVP watch, Lester in particular. Yep. To me, um, when you when you sign a guy first round like you did Jared Goff, when you when you picked him up, I, I feel like it was this was partially the Rams' fault because they went out and they 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 kind of missed the bus on on checking out their number one overall pick. You know, you know, like they they go out and they draft this guy, and it's like great, it's a it's a good pick, and uh, they bring him in. And then they, you know, and it might be kind of on Jeff Fisher a little bit. It, it, it could be on McVeigh a little bit. I, You take Jared Goff, you plug him in, and then after you plug him in, you know, it, you've already got, you already missed a year and a half worth of work on the guy. Plug him in and start him? Yeah. So, you, I'm, I'm going to back you up. You move him in as the so starter. And before 2012, you know, it was, it was a, um, it was a, if you started your rookie quarterback, it, like, you, you were, like, breaking rules. Like kind before of. 2012, rookie quarterbacks never ever started. Like Flacco was supposed to sit behind Troy Smith. Yeah. Well, they they. I mean, you got to remember. You know, they they brought in uh, Mark Sanchez in 2009. Mark Sanchez was started from the get, and Mark Sanchez did well in his first two years. He did well enough, I'll say. Not oh nine. Was it, it was oh nine. Who's on nine? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I got my years yeah, all no, mixed no. up. Yeah, you're so, right. So oh, he nine. started for, and in his first two years, he did well, and then he. So I, I got my year backed up. So um, in 2008, when uh, Flacco and Ryan came in the league, that, yeah. that that started the mold of quarterbacks actually starting, starting out of the gate. To, to me, before that, you, it was it was a mysterious thing. It never happened. But to me, when you go out and you pick a quarterback up in the NFL draft in the first round, or any player for that matter, you are making a a statement, a definitive statement on that player. That I want that guy to start, you know, and, yeah, but, and you've seen that. But you throughout can't the league. expect that guy to be a, a an elite stud day one in the spotlight. I'm, I don't. I don't think anybody expects him to be an elite stud. But what I think what what people the expectation is is to see the the team on the rise, to see that 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 team is making positive progress with that guy in the football game, and you see it a lot. But but in this situation, 
you know, you, you see a guy come into the, the, the league here. He sits behind a, a quarterback who uh, really was, was a playoff quarterback. Let's just face the fact. Nick Foles? Playoff one time, I guess. He, he went to the playoffs with the Eagles. He, When he walked in, he took him into the playoffs. Let's just face it. Let's face the fact. The man took him. Not a full him, season on his own. But he, he took Never him. Never did it on his own as a full season. I don't know. Vic, Vic went down in, what, week four that year? But still, they were 3-1. and one. I mean, and he drove them into the playoffs. And 3-1 and is a good-ass start. That's, that's a nice, all right, I got you halfway there. Go ahead and get it done. I mean, he went and got it done. He got him into the playoffs. He played good ball. Actually, I think Vic was floundering that year. We'd have to look into it. Foles is terrible, and you know it. Foles is terrible. I'm not saying he's not, but at that time, he was a playoff-caliber quarterback. They sat him behind him, and everybody always says, oh, we want him to sit behind the veteran. But then guess what? You, you didn't get to see what Goff was capable of until what? Week eight, week nine, and then he comes but, in and he. But was then the reason why um I don't I don't like using his rookie season against him is because so the entire off season, golf is working the second team. He gets no chance to work with the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. He gets to build no chemistry, no nothing because he's so if you if you draft a guy, he's like okay, he's our starter. That guy's working with the first team through training camp, through the preseason, and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Golf was stuck working with the backups through training camp, preseason, and whatnot, and practice. So it's it, I'm not going to put his rookie season against him for as terrible as it was because he had to jump right in all of a sudden having to build this chemistry with the first team. I mean, I mean, look at this. I mean, and and I understand, you know, and and what's I guess the question therein becomes from 2016 to to 2017, what was the difference? Five touchdowns and seven interceptions, 1,089 yards, a, a full training camp. With the first team. I don't even think that was just the difference. Honestly. I think I don't think that was the difference. I think the big difference was flat out, straight up, the fact that he had Sean McVay enter the picture. So you're saying Sean McVay is the best quarterback, best coach in the league? I, I think he's one of. You're saying he's the best if you're saying there's that, that big of a difference. I'm not saying he's the best. You can't say because I don't think anybody can say he's anyone's better than Belichick. But, I don't think anybody you know, can. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a huge difference. It is. It is a monstrous difference. I think Sean McVay is one of one of the best coaches in the league. I, I think he's top three. I'm not going. I'm not going to hold his rookie season against him for the fact of he 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 had to show up week eight or whatever it was saying. All right, you've had, you've not thrown a single ball to any of these players. Yep. Good luck. But and and you don't know that he didn't throw a ball to any of those players. He never played the first team. I mean, it, to me, I just I look at him and I see a guy say he he was horrible when when he was under Jeff Fisher. He comes in with McVay, McVay and him do well, and here we are. I mean, from tw- it, it's a huge difference. It's it's a big I, change. I just don't think it's fair to hold hold one to hold a rookie season against a guy. I, I think it. I think it is. I think Peyton Manning's rookie season was terrible. Peyton Manning's rookie season was not terrible. It was terrible. Go ahead and look it up. It was terrible. Do, 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 go ahead and go ahead. Go ahead and find it. Peyton Manning's rookie season in 1998. 28 picks, a career high. Career high, 26 touchdowns. He played. He did play the whole season, though. Played the whole season. 575 attempts, 26, 26 touchdowns. Not bad. I mean, rating of 71 under. What golf's was his rookie season? No, golf's was sixty-seven. Although it was 67. 67. 
So, <clears throat> I mean, you can't hold a rookie season to a player. I, I don't know that you can. They don't count. I, I don't know that it doesn't count either. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, he breaks the mold. Some players Matt break Ryan, that mold, Matt but they, they all don't. There have been a ton of players that have broken that mold. Cam Newton broke the mold. There's, a, there's been so many players that come in as rookie quarterbacks that break the mold. And and Jared Goff comes in and and has Jared Goff played better? Yeah. Is he gonna is, is he gonna get that four year hundred thirty four? Yeah. Does he? Com, am I completely sold on it? I'm I'm with you that the jury's still out on him. It's not. He's your franchise quarterback. It's I mean, what well, it is. He's, he's Last two seasons, he's outperformed Wentz. He's gonna be the franchise quarterback. I don't know that he's a hundred percent the guy. I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know that he is, and and I'm not completely sold on. And his career. He's gonna he's gonna have he's gonna be he's gonna have a better stat line than a guy that I am a card carrying member of, Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah. He'll be better than Matt Ryan this year. You think he's gonna be better than Matt Ryan or he's better general? than Matt Ryan last year? What was Matt Ryan's numbers last year? Matt Ryan, I mean, he wasn't he was not a bad quarterback. Last no, year. he was a great quarterback last year. No, Matt Ryan had better numbers last year. Cool. <laughs> Matt Ryan, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna back up. <laughs> Matt Ryan had better numbers. <laughs> but pull, but pull up, pull up golf real quick. So, why is looking up? 49-24, 35 touchdowns and seven seven picks. Golf was freaking killing it last year. I, I'm gonna say that it wasn't quite those those numbers, mm. but but no one can say golf wasn't tearing it. Up last year, uh, I I just I see Matt Ryan here. I mean, you're talking four forty nine hundred no, twenty four yards, thirty five touchdowns, seven picks. That's great rating. That's great. No, forty six eighty eight. You're not far off. Thirty two, and he's got double digit interceptions, hundred and one rating. Okay, his completion percentage was good. There's a, to me, I don't I just I still can't. I I don't know how much of it is McVay and how much is it is Goff, and also, I I mean. I would say, by comparison, and I'm gonna I'm gonna draw the comparison. Even though Calvin Ridley had a, a, a Calvin Ridley is a, a first round selection, okay, and I think he's a good. Re, I think he's yeah. a great, he could be a Calvin great Ridley is is the Falcons number two is better than Rams number one. I well, Cooper Cup is I, not. I, he's their three. He's their three. Rams Cooper is the Cup best one two three punch, but but Ridley is better than Cooks. I don't know about that. I don't know that Calvin Ridley is better than Cooks. Brandon Cooks is is damn good, and Robert Woods was a a, a good player in Buffalo, and he was underutilized, underused. Uh, Robert Woods turned out really well last year. Rams have three good twos. I, I don't know about that. I think Brandon Cooks is is three like a, high twos. I, I think I think Brandon Cooks is more of like a low end one. I think Calvin Ridley is and, a high two, and in in two seasons you're gonna be you're gonna be talking about um, Julio Jones and uh, Ridley being two of the best receivers in the league. Julio's already there. Ridley's gonna well, is gonna be on on Juju territory Ridley, in two seasons. Ridley was a red zone threat last year. He had twelve touchdowns last season. Calvin Ridley did. Um, it was it was a high number, and for especially for a rookie, um, Matt Ryan hit him a lot. Uh, I don't think he broke a thousand last year. No, um, he he was a, he's a damn good too. Um, he he's pushing one status already, but I I don't like I said I don't buy golf. I don't know that I buy golf. Um, I just don't know that I can. And also, one thing about golf, and and we'll we'll remember the this issue. Where does he play? Where does his team play? 
in L.A. In the West. What the hell is out there in the West? Garbage. Garbage, garbage, garbage. I guess I'm not sure what your point is here. San Francisco. Garbage. San Francisco had one of the worst defenses last year. Arizona. Garbage. Had one of the worst defenses last year. Seattle, which was good. They proved us wrong. Uh, I don't know if Seattle... I'd have to see what the... the Defensive the, rankings were there. Seattle's basically on this Frankenstein team of just kind of preventing the inevitable, but they're still playing at a high level. Uh, I, I mean, maybe. I, I See, Seattle is, is kind of like... But then Falcons are in a whole division of terrible defenses. Sort of. See, the Saints... Saints the Saints, bottom 10. The Saints defense turned it on late last year. Tur- what's turning it on for the Saints is, oh, we were like 18th. <laughs> I don't know That's about turning that. it out for the Saints. I don't know about that. Um, and the Panthers have a decent defense. Their defense is not horrible. They they need corners. They definitely need corners. The Panthers' defense isn't horrible, but their offense couldn't keep up, and the defense failed, struggled because of which. So let's take a look because I I want to. Oh no! See, it pulled the wrong year. I hate when it does that. It's it's irrelevant. It's yeah. We've already wasted too much time. You know, I, I know. I know. Fantasy. I just I just don't I don't buy it. But I mean. To me, I, I mean, they, they took on the Saints. They uh, uh, Let's see. It's preseason. They took on the Raiders. I mean, there's another junky team that they wound up taking on. They, they just kicked the hell out of the Raiders. Well, did they still have uh, Mack at that time? Khalil Mack? No. Yeah. Khalil Mack was traded before week one. Before, was it before the first week game. One? Okay. Yeah, because the, the, that was the... the uh, that was the week. Now let's see. Okay, so they go out and they they beat the snot out of the Ram or the Raiders rather. Then, then they then they hose the Cardinals. Then you got three straight good, four straight good off well, defenses. I'm not going to say good defenses because early in the year the Vikings defense did not play to snuff. That's but it's still a good defense. It doesn't matter if they turn it they out or not. They played They're, terrible all throughout the whole first they half. They played of the terrible because they faced good offenses. Of course, the Rams are going to make the Vikings no. look bad. The Vikings looked bad in general. They they allowed a, a ton of horrible teams to put up huge numbers on them. I wasn't even satisfied. I was burying that defense. You remember that? I was oh, burying no. them. Um, but just because they weren't performing doesn't mean you got to say they're shitty. They, they had a good defense, just wasn't performing. They they turned on late in the year when they were taking on junky teams. That's what it came down to. Um, they, they took on the Broncos, which is decent. They blew up the 49ers. They blew up the Packers' crappy defense. You said yourself they took on a crappy Saints defense and couldn't outscore them. But they still put up 35 points. Uh, yeah. And, and then, like Saints' offense is great. You, you, they, you, can't, you, you can't say golf was shit because he lost to Drew Brees. They, they took on the, the crappy Chiefs' defense. And put up 54 points. Crappy Well, yeah, but they took on the crappy Chiefs' defense. And they put up 54 points. Chiefs defense was ranked in the bottom three. Yeah, and how many teams put up fifty points in the Chiefs? They, yeah. Probably not one. They they beat the bejesus out of the out of the uh, Lions there. Good defense, good defense in a row with the Bears and the Eagles. Good defense against the Bears, and they lost to the Bears. Uh, good defense against the Eagles, and they lost to the Eagles. Um, and I'm not even going to say the Eagles defense is good. I think they're they're well, are great. I think they're good. I think they're you know pushing top ten. Then they, they lit up the Cardinals again, and then they lit up the Niners again. So, I mean, if you look at their their schedule, for the most part, was about 10 games soft. Very soft. I, 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 just, I think I we're, we have different opinions on what's I, a good defense I'm here. Just, I'm just not buying golf. Now, one guy that I am buying that wound up getting traded, which was a huge story over the weekend, Jadavion Clowney. Traded to the Seahawks in return for Barcavius Mingo, Jacob Martin, and the 2023rd round selection. 
Um, I honestly think that the Texans made out like bandits in this trade because I think Barcavius Mingo is a good player. They've had Jadavian Clowney actually playing linebacker. If you had him playing mm-hmm. outside linebacker, Barcavius Mingo actually is a linebacker. So they got the linebacker that they needed. Jadavian Clowney, I mean, he was he was a linebacker that was being used as a defensive end. Um, it's like I was just saying that the, the Seahawks are trying to um, string together just on, enough to keep them from falling apart. They're, they're, they're trying to uh, buy their way through a rebuild? Kind of. It's, it's kind of a rebuild in, in this case. I mean, they're, they're kicking players out the door. They kick Frank Clark over to the Chiefs. You know, you, I mean... They, they they booted a lot of good players like Richard Sherman a few years ago. They they they're just letting guys go. Well, actually, it was last year Richard Sherman went out the door to the 49ers. Might have been two now. But well, this is year two. This is year two of his deal. It was a two year contract. This might be year three. <laughs> so I mean, but they, anyway. But they're they're kicking their their big players out the door from that Legion of Boom, and and here we are, the Seahawks again, making a move. They get another good defensive end, and it's kind of interesting. They now have Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, year two. Yep, they got Jadavion Clowney. And who else do they have? They got Big Boy on um, the middle linebacker. From Detroit. They wound up getting, uh, um, oh, what's his face? Ezekiel Ansah from Detroit. Oh, they do got Ansah. So they've got those two defensive ends. And then now they've got some good linebackers. And their, their front seven's looking dangerous. So, I mean, as long as Ansah can stay healthy, and that's another issue in itself. But... This move was was good for both parties, but I think it actually turned out better for the Texans. And the Texans get a third-round draft pick out of the situation as well. Barcavius Mingo, a player that I think was undervalued in his draft. I, I think he was he was grossly undervalued in, in the draft class that he went in. But I think Mingo is a good linebacker. He's a good I like player. Mingo. I like him a lot. And and really you're, replace, you're placing him with with uh, Clowney. Plus you got uh, you picked up Anza. But you still got Bobby Wagner, who's the best middle linebacker in the league. Yep. Both both turned out really, really well. Both turned out well, but I honestly think the Houston Texans wound up with the win on that one. Um, we saw some uh, other trades go on. Kiko Alonso gets traded from the Dolphins to the Saints uh, for linebacker Vince Beagle. Um, the Dolphins kind of get hosed here. I think they're just get, they're just clearing cap and going to a full rebuild. Yeah, that's what that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, there's, there's no there's no other other reason for that. That's just stupid. Yeah, there's there's no value in Vince Bagel. No, <laughs> Beagle Bagel. There's more just hey, give us something for him. Yeah, I I just there's no value in him. Um, I thought it was just kind of a, you know, just a a, a dump. I think Kinko Alonso is a good linebacker. I I think the Saints actually just you know improved their defense exponentially. Oh yeah, I mean that great great tackler, hard hitter. Um, he does have that that one dirty hit from last year, but still, um, it happens. Real yeah, I mean, still good player. Um, we also got to see some a few cuts over the weekend, and we got to see some guys placed on IR. Uh, so the Vikings go out and cut Laquan Treadwell, and they signed Josh Doxson to a one year uh, contract for an undisclosed amount. Um, it, it, but while rumors are saying it's around two point one million. Uh, I think this is a great, great pickup for the Vikings. Uh, huge improvement from Treadwell. Treadwell, you get a guy who is uh, in Doxon, who's who's basically a good number two, but you're going to stick him in number three. Well, here's the thing. So it's a good signing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's much better than Treadwell. Oh yeah. But I mean, Minnesota, not Minnesota. Um, Redskins receiving core is terrible. Depleted. How can Doxon get cut from a depleted receiving core? Like, 
either there's something going on or it was a cap casualty or I, I think he was a combination of a cap casualty. He didn't perform his last few seasons there in Washington. He had a good rapport with Kirk Cousins over there in Washington. And I think it's the reason that's what I was getting at. I think it's the reason why he's been brought in. Like say, see if we can we can resurrect him with with a uh, hit of, of his past and give him, give him that Kirk Cousins connection. And, and I think that's part of it in Minnesota anyway, on the, on the Minnesota end. But he gets cut from Washington. But look at what Washington has been dealing with. Josh Doxson goes out and, and underperforms the last, you know, the last two seasons. And what did he have? Timeout. They, I'm sorry. I mean, they had Alex I'm, Smith I'm, the I'm, one year, and I like Alex who, Smith. Who was... Um, Blowing up the division, like they they they, they had a division won like three or four games the time he got hurt. Yep, but so he was killing it. So I'm 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 gonna he, say he blows out his leg. Point, point against Doxson here. Like he should have done just fine under Alex Smith, but he didn't. Well, he did he did fine under Alex Smith, but then Alex Smith goes out and blows out his leg, and that was in what week week seven, week eight, something like that. Something I mean, like that. They, he, and then here we are for the next eight games, and he's stuck with what? Oh, trash. Josh jo- oh, Josh Jones was it? I mean, really. I mean, a bunch of players. I mean, a bunch of backup quarterbacks that that uh, Cody Kessler, who who didn't play well at all. I mean, it, it was. I mean, and then Kessler goes out and breaks his leg too. I mean, it was, it was just a mess. It was an absolute mess. You got down to your third string quarterback, and they couldn't even put up a point. They they lose to the Eagles twenty four nothing. Couldn't even fight. And and we're wondering why he doesn't put up numbers. I, I, I don't know. I just don't buy but, it. And also I just, understand. I was say that they're, also understand. GMs aren't stupid. There's there's something they saw like he's not part of our future. Also understand that Josh Doxson was not the number one over there for Alex Smith's first year, or well, for for his uh, two years ago. They had guys like Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon over there. They still had those players available. So I mean, I have questions. I have questions about about Doxson and his ability. I'm, I'm going to chalk it up as you being super optimistic. This I'm, I, I want to be optimistic, and and one of the reasons I think I want to be optimistic is because of what went on with Aldrick Robinson last year. Uh, we got to see Aldrick Robinson uh, uh, rekindle his his stuff with Kirk Cousins, and you got to see Aldrick Robinson do what he didn't put up huge numbers, but Aldrick Robinson went up and and caught lightning in a bottle a couple of times, just a couple of of random times. Kirk Cousins would be throwing it for the end zone, and Aldrick Robinson would come up for that touchdown. He was playing good ball. I mean, for for a, a number three receiver that didn't see the whole field a whole lot because he was playing with Thielen and Diggs, a guy that got signed in what week two, week three. It was. It turned out to be actually a pretty good signing. He still yeah, put up outside points. The, outside the year he got hurt. It was a career low for for uh, Robinson. Yeah, but still, I mean, playing as a number three, he got signed late in the year. I mean, we're talking like we. He was there the whole year. He got signed week two, didn't he? I could have sworn he got signed just before week one. Oh, but even then, he got signed just before week one. I mean, he's, sit, he's sitting, and I, I don't even think he was number three. I think Treadwell was number three, and he was sitting as number four. But he still went out and would catch touchdowns, still was going out and doing his thing after having not practiced with the team a whole lot. I think it, it says something. I think Doxon, he's slated to be the number five, but I think everybody kind of knows he's going to be the number three. The only other guy that I could see outproducing him is is BC Johnson, really, and and because BC Johnson looked like a stud in preseason, he looked like he has a lot of potential. Chad Beebe, not so much, um, and I was real high on Beebe last year, but he he showed this year he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, I, I 
I'm hoping for the best with this Josh, this Josh Doxson move. Really big body guy. If they stick him in the slot, he could do well. So we we'll see what what Josh Doxson does. Um, oh, the Raiders did place Nate Peterman on IR after adding Deshaun Kaiser. Told you. Um, Peterman hits IR. At, you did. You did call it. But I was I was having some fun with it for a minute. I mean, leave it to John Gruden to ruin everything. What? what what's 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 next? Uh, what? Come on, you you're not excited about Nate Peterman. What's next? You're gonna go with the the, the um John Gruden's gonna make Brett Favre the Super Bowl champion for 2020. He could. It's John Gruden. He's a crazy man. <laughs> he's a crazy person. That's what he is. I mean, you you can't tell me he's not a crazy person. Um, another cut that went on. Lashawn McCoy gets cut from the Bills. Signs with the Chiefs. One year, three million dollar deal. This could be interestingly important. It could be. Um, he's back with his former coach. He's with the co- he's with the running back whisperer. Mm-hmm. That's what they call him. And I I, I think he uh, takes over for Damian Williams. You think he takes the job? Yes. Old man. Uh, uh, old man. Um, Lashawn McCoy. Uh, the same guy who said that that um, Lashawn McCoy going to get cut. Told you so. Um, oh, I, I'm saying I'm now saying now that he's with his former coach, he's he's he's. Okay, I'm not saying he's going to take the job, but he's he's going to um, drastically cut into Damian Williams' carries. Yeah, how drastic? I'm calling 60-40. Wow. You're calling LaShawn McCoy. To t- I mean, it, it, and that could be the move. He, he understands Andy Reid's scheme. I'm sure he does. He understands it. Um, I don't know that he's going to wind up being the starter there. I, I mean, Damian Williams. Um, 60-40 says Williams will be the starter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll be the starter. He'll be the starter. I'll lock in at 75-25, but what, what, what I'm saying is I, I think McCoy's going to cut into this carries. He'll cut into the carries. I, I, I mean, Williams will be the starter. Um, I, I, McCoy could be the starter because of his rapport with Andy Reid. He could. Uh, do I think LaShawn McCoy is the shady McCoy of old? Mm, there's questions. There's questions there. I take issue with it. No, there's definitely questions. He's not the shady, shady of old. No, he, he hasn't been for two years. He has. But been. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty certain that uh, Andy Reid can make Vince McMahon a 1,000 yard rusher. I don't know. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I don't know about all that. That's that sounds like crazy talk to me. Um, we also had uh, Chargers giving Melvin Gordon permission to seek a trade to other teams, but then they went and turned down a deal from the Eagles that included Jordan Howard. And swapping a first-round picks. That's stupid because Chargers have a later first-round pick than the Eagles. Like, so you're giving up Melvin Gordon and a higher first-rounder for 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 Jordan and, and a lesser first-rounder? That seems stupid. Well, I, you don't know. That's the thing. You don't know because it's it's kind of conditional based on, on this year, this upcoming season. It's conditional. I'm it's, just saying I it is. I mean, you you can't the say that it's will not. win three more games than the Eagles. That's a hell of a lot of confidence that the Eagles have. It is. It <laughs> suck. It's, I, I don't know that they suck. I mean, they they did make the playoffs. Yeah, they over a certain Vikings uh, team. But shut your mouth. Um, no, but they. I mean, the Eagles have the confidence, and and I mean, okay. I mean, I. I uh, I don't know that I like the move. I mean, I think Jordan Howard isn't as good of a runner as Melvin Gordon. No. I think Jordan Howard is, is good. He's a big bruising type of back, but there's two different types of backs. I think uh, I think you'll see Eagles in the next couple of days. Like, 
well, how about instead of our first, we'll do a third? <laughs> and you might have a conversation. There might be a conversation there. Um, but they're also going to have to, we have to remember that Jordan Howard's contract happened already. True. Whereas Melvin Gordon is sitting on a one-year deal. That comes into play. So I'm sure that that had something to do with it. Um, we got to remember that. We have to take that into account. Jordan Howard just got signed by the Eagles. The Eagles already gave him a signing bonus. So, I mean, they're not going to drop their picks too much because they're already taking a big hit on right. him dropping anyway. Right. So, I mean, that's probably... I can see the Chargers saying, no, that, screw that. Yeah, that's probably what we're went We're not giving you a better draft pick. Yeah. I mean, I could... I can see it. I, I mean, I understand the logic. I get the logic. Um, now, one thing that did take place, the Titans signed Cairo Santos. They placed Ryan Suckup on IR. Um, I don't know that this is good news for the Titans. Cairo Santos, um, he played okay. He didn't play great last year. There's plenty of, there's plenty of decent kickers out there. They'll yeah. be fine. I, I, well, I don't know that there's plenty of decent kickers. I mean, kickers have been few and far between. Apparently, well, these so guys. Nick Folk's not worth signing. Nick, I don't know. Did you see Nick Folk in Tampa? Yes. <laughs> Nick Folk did has not looked good lately. Um, you, you were, you were. I was, uh, Nick you know, Folk's Dick. Uh, Nick Folk was great. Walking back from the Lions game. Hey, weeks ago. you know what? Nick Folk was great, great for a long time. He was. He. I remember every year I would pick up Nick Folk in fantasy, and he would always put up solid points for me when he played for the Jets. He played well. I like Nick Folk. Um, I don't have a major problem with Nick Folk. But Nick Folk, when he went and played for Tampa, debatable. I mean, and, and that's the, the, I think, the most recent memory we have of Nick Folk is in Tampa Bay. He got signed to a big deal down there and didn't do well. True. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the last memory we have of him. It's kind of like Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh goes out and gets picked up and right now he's sitting on uh, uh right now he's sitting there not doing well he just got picked up so i mean i i can't really say that i'm i'm sold on nick folk right now not right now i mean for a long time we were, i was sold on cody park on parky yeah, and parky had this little double dog yeah i was sold on parky for a long time and parky had his problems I've been sold on a lot of kickers in the past, and they've they've all eventually. I was sold on Gary Anderson for a while. Gary Kai Anderson Forbath. had problems. Kai Forbath. I was sold on Kai Forbath for a while, but when he was with the Vikings, <clears throat> he was seventy five percent. Shane Graham. He's I mean, he's old, but he's older. Yeah. I mean, Janikowski's out there, but Janikowski has had his accuracy issues. He's a strictly a power kicker. Young Ho Koo. Young Ho Koo. Eh. And he had his his uh, accuracy issues, which is why he's currently unsigned. Nick Novak, Mike Nugent. Mike Nugent is decent. Nick Novak's decent. Nick, I'm surprised Nick Novak's not playing somewhere. He's not. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm and you know Matt Bryant. That's why that's why the Falcons brought back Matt Bryant. Blair Walsh has honestly not been bad. But. Oh, I don't know. That's the thing. He had he he was bad with he tanked that one kick with Seattle. Dan Carpenter. Carpenter's a great player. He's still available now. Here's the problem. Blair Walsh goes out. He kicks that wide left field goal from the 20 against Seattle in the wild card round. Then he comes in and starts doing crappy for the Vikings. That's what prompted the Dan Carlson move. And then Dan Carlson started doing crappy. 
In the meantime, Blair Walsh goes over to Seattle and craps the bed in Seattle. I mean, really, he, he has not played well. That's fair. So, I mean, recently, Blair Walsh has fallen apart. Now, as far as this one goes, Cairo Santos, it's, it's debatable. He's, he's a, I'm surprised. I mean, he's a serviceable kicker. He for is. Sure. I mean, he's a serviceable kicker. I'd, I'd have to, to look at his, um, his numbers here, but he's serviceable. I, I think they'll, they'll be able to get by with him. I mean, he hasn't had a ton of experience in the last few years. I mean, he, last but, year that he he only did was fill in for uh, Zerline. He's yep. hurt. Six for five, uh, or I'm sorry, five for six. He went nine for twelve with Tampa. One for two with the Bears. He hasn't really worked the last couple. Of yeah, years. last few years. I mean, the, in 2000, he played for two teams in 2018, two teams in 2017. He was with the Chiefs before that. He was decent with the Chiefs, but this 2015 year, 30 for 37. Ouch. 25 for 30. Kind of. He's ouch. been in the 80s. But he's been in the 80s. Um, I mean, maybe asking too much money. Who knows? He's 27 years old. He's got a powerful leg. We know that. He's got a he's got a very powerful leg. So questions there about accuracy, but got four tackles. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the big thing. Um, the but I mean, his best year was in 2016 when he went 31 for 35, which is not bad. 88. percent That's pretty good. It's very good. Um, you know, considering which, there's only one kicker in the league that has a career. Um, at 90 plus, I mean, the 88 is really good. Yeah, and it looks like he had an injury issue with the Chiefs in 2017, and then they dropped him. He got picked up by the Bears, and so on and so forth. I mean, kickers are always kind of expendable, but, you know, Cairo Santos, they, he might make it work over there in Tennessee, but we'll see. Now, um, continuing in the, uh, the AFC here, the Colts give Jacoby Brissett a two-year, $30 million extension. Um, and they also went out and signed Brian Hoyer to a three-year, twelve million dollar deal. Now I don't buy either of these deals, so I, I I'm not gonna go back through it. But I, I spat out a lot of backup quarterbacks that are making around the same or more than Hoyer, and, right. and he's Hoyer's better than them. Um, so I think the Hoyer contract was a great contract. Um, that's your, your security clause for for Brissett. Mm. Brissett's contract I don't like. I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. It puts you just south of uh, Andy Dalton. Yep, um, my I don't issue, think I don't think Brissett's that good. No, he's not. But what it is is that's the Colts saying we think you're a guy that's make it happen, but it's not huge enough to where it's going to break the Colts. So if so if it fails, they can kind of get away from it. And, they could and move on from it. It's a, I mean, it's it, a it's a confidence booster for Brissett is what I'm going to call it because it's not a huge long deal, but but it's enough to say hey, let's make it happen. You make it happen, like. It's not going to happen. But say Brissett goes out and wins a division this year. Right. You're talking about him getting set up for a massive contract after his, th- after his three-year. Yeah. I, I mean, it, here's my thing. I, I think Jacoby Brissett, um, I, I think he he's a really, really high-end backup. I mean, to me. I agree with you 100%. I think he's a really high-end backup. I, I think he, he showed he can be a high-end backup. I mean, understanding he was under that Belichick system. Um, and, and that's, he was decent last year when he filled in for the Colts. I'm not going to sit here and say he was groundbreaking because he wasn't. Um, but you, you can respect teams saying, Hey, let's, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a chance to make it happen. Yeah. Like if your boss called you tomorrow and said, Hey, we'll double your salary for the year, make it happen. But if you don't make it happen, bye bye. Yeah. I mean, and like you're, you're, you're going to bust your ass and make it happen. Now understand his contract, you know, so 
they they signed him the extension this year. He gets two million dollars, but then he gets his extension actually begins after the season. So yep. they'll have him for the next three years. Um, so this year he'll make three million dollars. And and uh, I guess perhaps the funniest thing about this whole thing is his Twitter account. But I digress. <laughs> um, Jacoby Brissett, I, I I don't buy it yet. I mean, we're gonna have to see what he does. It's a gamble. It, it is. It's 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 a decent gamble. I. I I think you're going to see the Colts in the in the market for a, a QB when they go into uh, either free agency or most likely the draft. Uh, and I I agree it's going to happen, but this is a move that says the Colts are saying, Jacoby, mm-hmm. we're giving you a chance to make it happen. Right. Um, and, and, I mean, at least he's getting the opportunity, but I, I think you're going to see him regressing to a, uh, a backup situation. Um, in that same division, the Bengals go out and resign. Well, not the same division, rather uh, same conference. Anyway, the uh, Bengals go out and resign Giovanni Bernard, two-year, ten point three million dollar extension. Um, I've always liked Giovanni. He's never really gotten a full chance. Like he, he had that great year, and then they 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 draft Hill. Like, sorry, he had that good year, but we're gonna. Yeah, I, I thought he was gonna be a number one, and he was his first year. He did, he did good. Yeah, he first did year, really. He, well. he had to start, and then all of a sudden they go and draft a rookie running back. Despite his good year, it, it made no sense. It really did. I I didn't understand the Josh Hill, and, but um, and, but then Hill did really good. And what do they do? Oh, we're going to draft another running back. Yeah, yeah, they did it again. I, I mean, last year uh, he had uh, fifty six attempts for two hundred eleven. I guess he yards. didn't do as good as I thought he did. Well, I mean, but it was when he put up those numbers, he did it in partial seasons. Giovanni Bernard has suffered from groin injuries. He's been very injury prone. I think Giovanni Bernard's a good running back. I, I mean, if you look at his 2013, 2014, 2015, he was putting up decent numbers. Is he worth five mil as a backup? I think he's worth five mil as a backup. I think if he's given, he's had, a, like I said, a ton of injuries. I, I'd have to look at all of his his injuries. Um, I'm going to look those up right now because I can look at them all up. But uh, I think he's a good, he's a good running back. I think he could break a thousand if he's given a full season. I think if they finally just say, "Hey, you're our guy," um, right now they have what? I think Joe Mixon there as well. Joe they, Mixon's a starter. Joe Mixon is is the uh, the number one over there. So, eh, I mean, it, I, I I don't and I don't necessarily know that I I like Mixon. Um, chance of injury in 2019, according to this, 48.9 percent. He missed four games last season with MCL sprain grade two. He had an ACL tear in 2016. In two seasons in which he played the whole season, he, he never eclipsed 800 yards. In middle of the year, tore his ACL here. Um, what do you got for 2013, 2015? 2013, 10 days rest before dressing for his next game at Baltimore with a chest rib bruise. So not important. Hip sprain, had to leave the game. So nothing in 2015. Um, he just didn't get it done. Yeah, well, you got to so remember. Well, you got to remember. By that point, it was Josh, the Josh Hill show. Really, I mean, by that point, it was the Josh Hill show. I mean, 2010. Um, that was when he was in college. 2012, he had a knee patella sprain. 2013. I don't. Did he play? I don't know if he played the whole thing in 2013. Uh, 2014, he was out for a week there. 2016. Helmet to helmet hit from Ryan Shazier. He had a concussion, and he had a, he was out for a couple games. Um, six games in 2016. I mean, he 
to me, I, I just I think Giovanni Bernard, uh, I think it'll, he's going to bounce back if they give him the opportunity. But they they had the Josh Hill show. Giovanni running. was the full starter in 2013, put up 695. Oof. Played all 16 games. Wow. I'm surprised by that. I'm very surprised. Especially because I had him in fantasy and he put up numbers. But he put up another 514 through the air. Oh, now it's all making sense. But he wasn't. He wasn't us. I guess our memory of him wasn't as, as, as good. Seems. Yeah, we both we were both high on him. I, I thought like, he, I I thought he, thought he broke, broke a thousand. thousand. That's what I thought. I thought he broke a thousand. So I'm like, oh. I thought he broke a thousand. They said, Nah, Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I I don't know. I and really Jeremy Hill. He had what one good year? Maybe two. I think it was that first year. Yeah. I mean, I, Jeremy Hill beyond that, I I don't really recall Jeremy Hill having that good of a year. I don't recall the yeah. His the, first year he broke a thousand. The next year, he put up 794, but had a career high in touchdowns at 11, which is pretty good in touchdowns. Right. But 839 the year after, nine touchdowns. He's been a serviceable running back. Yeah. But not like he's never been a top tier running back. He's also been hurt, though, too. So is, so is Jeremy Hill. I mean, they've, they've, I mean, Joe Mixon's mm-hmm. going to wind up basically being the guy over there. Um, now, also, uh, we, we had Panthers releasing Torrey Smith after uh, one year with the team. Um, Tyler, that makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside, doesn't it? Torrey Smith getting released. He's just—I mean—he just hasn't been the same since he had to be starting with the year he had to be the number one in Baltimore. He just couldn't get it done. He's, he's been trash. He's not that guy. He's been trash. Vertical receiver, easy to cover for some whatever reason. As for as fast as he is, I'm I'm amazed by that. Torrey Smith just fell off after that one year. He had that one big year and then fell off. Kind of confusing. Um. So we had the Bears go out and re-sign Cody Whitehair to a five-year, $52.5 million extension. I love this signing. I hate it as a Vikings fan, but I love it for it the was, Bears. It was a good signing. Very good signing. Um, they get away with with arguably one of the best guards in the game right now. Um, Cody Whitehair is, is awesome. Uh, they're going to get some some good, good years out of him, uh, and, and I'm excited for the Bears. Uh they also, all, however, have a situation going on with Trey Burton, who is questionable against the Packers. He's got a groin injury. How badly does this affect the Bears going into week one? I would say that, um, don't worry about it, but it is the Thursday game, mm-hmm. so it's come up quick. Tomorrow. Burton's good. He's not great. I'm going to say it's a, it's, it's a hit, but it's not a critical hit. He's their number one tight end over there. Yeah, Let's... but, I mean, the Bears haven't ever really used a tight end in full I mean, great success. I mean, would Burton have 400 yards last year? I, I mean, I can surely find out. I mean, Burton, I, I think he's a good tight end. He played well. He had 569, yep, five six touchdowns. Um, before that, I mean, even with the Eagles, he was bad. But then yeah, he, you're, you're you're talking one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, the, the Bears are gonna are still gonna win by they, 14, 17. Yeah, they they turned it up with him last year. Yeah. Five sixty. I mean, he he that that's a good tight end number. Five sixty and fifty four receptions. Five sixty nine. Yeah, six touchdowns. Those are good tight end numbers. They're I can't. Still I can't beat Green Bay without an issue. I think they'll beat Green Bay. Seventeen point win. It's it's nice having a guy like Trey Burton on the field. He's two good defensive blocker. touchdowns. Good blocker. <laughs> yeah. He's a good blocker. He's a good receiver. Um, underutilized with the Eagles. He's a good player. Um, they should they they should be going oh no right now. I think I think they should be in a little bit of a, if, a panic. If he's just questionable, I'm not saying, oh, no, you, you can beat the Packers. I mean, I mean you, you, this is the ESPN article here. Well, right? you know we what? Know what and, the Packers are. And we thought the, the Packers were going to be able to be beaten last year in week one when they went down 20 to nothing, and then we got to see what 
that happened last year when the Packers rode back on that Thursday night game. Same opener, same week, Khalil Mack on the field. So we got questions there. Aaron Rodgers trotted back onto the field, gunned and slung, and wound up winning that football game. So questions. Questions coming up there. we got to hope that, that Mitchell Trubisky will have enough weapons to get the job done. Um, another one that was hurt, Stefan Diggs. This is concerning to me. Uh, mispractice with a hamstring injury. Um, I think Diggs will play. I don't think he's listed as questionable or anything like that, but he did mispractice with a hamstring injury. Uh, that's a big deal, especially going into the matchup with Atlanta. Um, the Atlanta defense isn't great. I'm not sold on the Atlanta defense, but I will say that Atlanta has a high-powered offense, and the Vikings need to keep up, and it requires Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs to be on the field playing at 100%. Diggs will play. I'm, I'm not too worried at that one. Now, if he doesn't play, say he's out, he gets held out, do the Vikings the, still have the a The Vikings have a much better defense than the Falcons. They still win that game. Ah, that's, that's bold. Still win that that's game. bold. That's very bold. Uh, even though the, the Falcons have been slated to have the number one Diggs offense in the league. Diggs is good. He's not great. I mean, he's, he's, he's spotty at times. Diggs is, is a solid, solid receiver. Broke 1,000 last year. Both him and But he, he either plays great or he, or he plays okay. Uh, I mean, uh, he I mean was, last year there were games you were, you were, a bit, you were yelling at him. Uh, there were games last year I was yelling at him. Diggs really emerged. Great receiver you, you should never be yelling at. Well, you're going to yell at, at every player at some point. I mean, to say that, that you're not going to yell at, at, you know, every receiver. I mean, and granted, last year, even last year he broke 1,000. He did it with only 15 games last year. He didn't play every game. Um, and every year before that, he didn't play every game. 13, 13, and 14, but he was still nearing 1,000 yards. Diggs is a good receiver. Oh, no, um, he's very good. He breaks 1,000. He, he does what he's supposed to do. Um I, I think he's he's easily and I but he's gonna he's the guy that opens things up. He's all you know when he's with Thielen, then Thielen does the same thing for him. Um, last year, Stefan Diggs, forty three yards, one hundred twenty eight yards, seventeen yards, one hundred twenty three yards, ninety one yards, thirty three, thirty three, one nineteen, one twenty six, seventy seven, forty nine, seventy six, forty nine, ten, forty seven. He was good last year. Yeah, he was good, but it's not in that elite echelon of receivers. Is what I'm saying. And and also, it's not like you're missing Michael Thomas. And also consider the situation that he was in, sharing sharing passes with Adam Thielen, and also let's face the fact that the guy delivering the football was constantly under duress. That is something that I will always throw out there. Um, that that bothers me a lot. So I mean, sure, but he's he's gonna be under duress again this year too. You think Kirk Cousins is going to be under a ton of duress? One guy's, one guy's not going to change everything for him. Well, it's not one guy; it's several guys. You know the fact that that Pat Offline's health uh, healthy and moved back to guard. The fact that Garrett Bradbury is at center now, and to say one guy isn't going to change everything, well, tell that to Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson's three times a player as Bradbury is. I don't know about that. I do. When when a defensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, goes out to look at the Clemson. Power Rangers that you're always touting. And he goes out to look at the Clemson Power Rangers and notices the center throwing around the Power Rangers sure. and mangling but, yeah, them. And then goes back to the coach and says, hey, forget those freaking Power Rangers guys. What about this center over here? I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but he's not Quentin Nelson. He's, and he's not going to be the best um, 
offensive lineman of his class. I think he's absolutely he'll be the best offensive lineman in this class. He was the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. He's going to be the best eh, offensive lineman in this. He track. got drafted right where he's supposed to. No, he was the not best, the best. He's the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. He was graded we'll that we'll way. See. He was graded that way, and and I he's going to be good, but he's not going to be elite. He is elite. He's a, he's going to be elite, and and the fact that that you're saying he's not elite shows me how little that you've studied Quentin. Or I'm sorry, uh, Garrett Bradbury. I'm not saying he's going to be. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player. Just saying he's not Quentin Nelson. He's going to be a superstar. Quentin Nelson's going to be the greatest offensive lineman of all time. Uh, <laughs> debatable. There's a lot of great offensive linemen out there. There are not many that 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 um. There are not many times a guy gets drafted and one player changes an entire offensive line. Well, thus far, Garrett Bradbury has. That was the thing. Preseason, thus, sure. thus far, preseason wise, he has. He's Preseason's irrelevant. I don't know that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting on my opinion. Uh, I mean, and, and Bradbury's gonna be a very, very, very good player, but he's not Quentin Nelson. Is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I. Uh, I don't know that anybody can be Quentin Nelson. That's my but, point. But I think he's still an elite lineman. I think he still winds up being an elite lineman, an elite center in That's, this league. Ravens got a got a first ballot Hall of Famer on, on their line, and he's not Quentin Nelson. And Marshall Yanda. Marshall Yander, I mean, I, I Marshall think... Marshall Yan Quentin Nelson's twice the player Marshall Yanda is. I don't and know Yanda's got a either. bunch of Pro Bowls. I don't know about all that either, but I digress. Now, one guy that is a great lineman, Mike Pouncey, $9 million extension, one year. With the Chargers, would have done two, but I. It's more probably probably Pouncey wanting to just kind of go um, year by year. Yeah, he's getting up he's, there. He is getting up there in the years. He's thirty years old now. He's starting to hit the the uh, starting to hit those those uh, twilights of his career type years. You know, uh, Pouncey's a good player. He's going to be exact. He's exactly um, he's exactly what they need over there with the Chargers. They they need to have him there. With Philip Rivers, they got to keep Rivers protected. Rivers is getting ready to see his way out in the next couple of years too. We got to remember that Rivers is on what he's on a one-year deal right now too, isn't he? If I'm not mistaken, Rivers. Yeah, I think Philip Rivers is on a one-year deal right now as it is too. I will look that up right now. But uh, you, yep, he's on a one-year deal. He's he's got. Oh wait, no, yeah, he's in the final season of his current four-year, eighty-three point two five million dollar deal. He's got eleven million due in twenty nineteen. Um, Rivers says he's in no stress to get the new contract done, but if he's going to stick around, got to protect him. Yeah, you got to protect him. So, I mean, $11 million, I think Pouncey was a good sign to keep him protected. If the Chargers are looking for a Super Bowl, this year is supposed to be the year, and they're going to have, they've already got but their they've had a lot. They've had a lot of setbacks already. Yep, Derwin James being the... Derwin most. James, Melvin Gordon, yep. and everything else going on. Mm-hmm. That, that's the, the big issue. And then we're going to see also if Austin Eckler can step up and be a, num- be a number one running back. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going to be the question there. Um, now, one thing that I did like for the defensive side of the football is the Jags signing Miles Jack to a four-year, $50 million extension. That's um, the right move. It is the right move. It's absolutely 110% the right move. Um, I think that this signing really shores up that, that Jacksonville defense. Jacksonville's defense has been good for the last couple of years, but not great. And, top 10 every year, last and, few years. Well, and last year, I mean, I thought they were, they grossly underperformed last year. Um, it, 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 the, the point is, is that when you have like corners like Bouye and Jalen Ramsey, you expect a lot more. You really do. I, I, I expected a lot more. Um, we didn't get top five defenses uh, out of them. 
we we surely didn't. I'm looking up those stats right now. So you guys are gonna have to bear with me. Um, I gotta hit go. I always forget to do that, don't I? They're top five. Oh, they were top five last I'm year. Okay, to, that's what I was saying. Like they they were a good defense last year. They their their offense just bailed on them. They're all, yeah yeah well yeah Bortles was bad. Um, let's see here in passing defense. Jacksonville 19th in passing defense. With Rush two of the, defense. This is passing defense right here. Oh, yeah. it is rushing. That says rushing. So 19th. Come on, Mr. English. Movie. Hey, you need to calm down. You need to calm down, my friend. 31st. Is it upside down? Tell me it's not upside down. It of is course, upside yep, down. Yep, it's upside down. So they were second. Second. Wow. Okay. So second. Jacksonville was a good defense last year. I, I'm, I'm actually surprised because they played so poorly. Offense couldn't do the work. <laughs> they, they lost so badly. That's that's the thing that got, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I so in passing. So go back to rushing. Cause I, I, I'm certain to think they're not as bad as. Uh, no, no, no. Rushing had them. Well, now it's upside down. Gonna have to do this the old-fashioned way. You see that? This is obnoxious. Rams. We're going down the list. So they're middle of the pack in rushing. Yeah, 18th in rushing. So, I mean, then they were tied with Green Bay, who was abysmal, and L.A., that was abysmal against the Rush as well. But, but I mean... And they, New York and Tennessee, all abysmal. In the, in the era of... of and and, that's, and air, that's based... And Jacksonville that's, got it done. And that's based on average. That's based on yeah. average. Now, now... They're playing in the same division as the Texans and the Colts, too, who, the, who were both on the fire last year. But then they were playing also with the Titans, who were... Who also made the who also game going game away from the playoffs? Titans were miserable. They weren't. Titans though. were miserable. They weren't though. They were miserable. Offensively, the Titans were miserable. I'm I, I'm not I'm not sure they were. We're gonna have to look at this now. Jesus, Tyler, you're making me look up numbers. You see this? See this ridiculousness? Let's see. Uh, we'll just go total yards. Total yards offensively. Titans twenty fifth. Twenty fifth in the the league. Offensive yards. How are they how are they in passing? Passing. That hit go. You just calm down. Titans, passing wise, 29th. 29th in the league. I mean rushing wise, Titans, they gotta be better than 29th. Doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah, they're seventh. Titans, they were seventh. So they, they ran the ball well. Derrick Henry. It's <laughs> Derrick Henry. It's Derrick Henry. I mean, and, and Mariota as well. Mariota is known for making plays with his But legs. what I'm saying is the Jaguars were still in the division with three teams that arguably could have been in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the long and short of it. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily – I don't buy the Jags, but I think this was the right move. Titans may have gone to the playoffs if Mariota didn't go down. Uh, that's a possibility. That is, they they were down to the wire with with Colts. Uh, the Colts there. I, I remember that. I, I would have still picked Colts. No, oh, yeah. still last game of the season. Um, when you're in, and a lot of teams don't get that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, now something that went on over the weekend: Patriots placed Nikhil Harry on IR. They re-signed Demarius Thomas to a one-year, two point nine million dollar deal. To and and I think that tells me that Harry is probably lost for the year. I would say he's lost for the year, but. I think they're only bringing Demarius because he knows the system. But I mean, obviously they've cut him mm -hmm. once. He's Demarius didn't play well. 
No, he hasn't played well since he left Den since um uh, the year before he left Denver. Yeah, when he got traded over to Houston and was garbage and was crap, and then he went and got traded. Everyone thought like, oh boy, yeah. here's Demarius and Hopkins. And Demarius really, when he was with Denver that year, was not good. No, as I mean, the year before yeah. he got traded, like yeah. he 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 already been declining for a couple years in Denver. Yeah, I mean, and uh, it's amazing because I remember Demarius Thomas being just the man, and it's... Demarius Thomas is not the man. Not anymore. No, not by a long shot. Uh, Bill Belichick might be trying to rekindle that fire, but uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a rough one. And also, the Cowboys sign offensive tackle Lyle Collins to a five-year extension worth fifty million dollars, thirty-five million in guarantees. Um, so he gets ten million a year. I like Lyle Collins. I like it, but they're running out of money. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like my whole my, my whole math lesson last last show didn't even include him. Yeah. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't so expect you, that. You still got Cooper and and Dak. You still got Cooper. You still got Dak. And, and you know, I I'll be honest. So I, now you're talking about about ninety some million between five players. And I'm not even to be honest with you. I'm not even thinking about re-signing Dak Prescott if I'm Jerry Jones for that price, for for what Dak Prescott's asking. I mean, I'm I'm just letting him walk at that point at thirty five million. I'm I'm drafting a quarterback. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. For, and Dak Prescott, I mean, I, I don't think Dak Prescott, I mean, Dak Prescott's worth Nick Foles' money. He's worth, like, the 2022. But Dak Prescott's not worth $35, $36, $40 million. A year. In this market, not. he probably is. He's not. It, like he's he should have taken his $30 million and, walked, and went with it. He's not worth that kind of money. Cooper is worth that kind of money. You know, you go out and you get a Justin Herbert. How much you want to bet that uh, Dak Prescott... Get some let go from Dallas, and he'll get signed. And he'll get signed for more than golf. And if he at gets thirty six and a half, is what I'm going to is what I'm going to well go on record saying. Well, he golf is isn't even the highest paid at this point. Yes, he is. Is he the highest mm -hmm. paid? Because I Wentz believe, was. I'm I'm going to have to uh, look into that because I thought it was Russell Wilson. We're going to have to take a look now. Because I think it's Russell Wilson at thirty-four, or is it Rogers? Not Rogers. Rogers got passed by by Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is still the highest. Oh yeah! Wow, is he really mm -hmm. right now? I, I, he, yeah, we kind of worth it. We for, well, Matt Ryan's definitely worth it. But I, I, we which is funny. Which is funny. I was using Matt Ryan's my yeah. base earlier. No, no. Russell Wilson is the biggest, thirty-five million dollars. And then you got Ben Roethlisberger making thirty-four. You got Aaron Rodgers making thirty-three. Then you got Jared Goff at 33.5. Uh, actually, Rodgers is making 33.5. So he's making the same as Aaron Rodgers. Um, then you got Wentz at 32. You got Matt Ryan at 30. And then you got Kirk Cousins at 28. And you got Jimmy Garoppolo at 27.5. You got Stafford at 27. You want to talk, you want to talk about um, um, basements of pay. Um, if Goff should, at bare minimum, 27.5 is your base at fucking. Garoppolo. Garoppolo, yeah, yeah. Garoppolo like, should have never gotten that kind of money. Like Garoppolo is what set that set that base. Like if Garoppolo's getting twenty seven, of course, um, golf is worth five million more than Garoppolo. Yes, of course. Well, it's six and a half, really. I mean, he's making still, twenty seven. I mean, yeah, he's he's worth that kind of money. He's he's definitely worth like, it. If, if, if you're using Garoppolo as your base, um, I'd be willing to pay if if like if it's Garoppolo twenty seven or golf at forty five. I'm giving golf forty five. Yep. And I mean, really, the, a lot of this started with your boy. A lot of this this nonsense started with your boy. Joe every Flacco. every year, it's someone. 
I mean, Eli Manning is a kind of a different story. The fact that he's making 21 right now, um, and you got Rivers making 20.8. But every year there's there's somebody that gets paid, paid, paid. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of that started with Joe Flacco after the Super Bowl win getting paid. I mean, I remember that. He got paid that $21, $22 million extension. And then, and then we go out and, I mean, Tom Brady right now, the fact that Tom Brady is making $23 million, is mind-boggling to me, We've but I know, I know he willingly takes it. But that's a winner. Um, Alex Smith, the fact that he he's getting paid twenty-three and a half to to nurse his broken leg is obnoxious to me. Um, but Alex Smith at the time worth the money, worth the money, absolutely. Oh yeah, Alex Smith, I think was a, was a potential Super Bowl winning quarterback at some point, and uh, they they kind of didn't uh, help him at all. Now Tyler, we've got the. Um, we're ready to roll here. Uh, we got games coming up. It's week one. Yeah. It's week one. It is week tomorrow, one. Tomorrow, week one. Week one. Tomorrow, the first game of week one. We kick off the NFL season. Are you excited, Tyler? Are you ready to be back to football? Um, I'm going to play the fifth for now. Why? Until I see how the Ravens do against the Dolphins. <laughs> because if if they don't beat the brakes off of them, I'm going to just be testy Tyler Dean for the rest of the year. If, if you have Fitzmagic show up tomorrow. Sunday. If, or on Sunday, rather. If you have Fitzmagic, if he shows up, could you imagine what would happen if Fitzmagic showed up? Fitzmagic shows up, I'm, um, you can have uh, Mr. Dillon... Dude, couldn't um, <laughs> fill in for you. So I'm not dealing with uh, this yeah. shit. Yeah, it fits magic shows. Even up though technically Lamar. I've been talking all off season how the how Lamar does not give me the uh, give he, me the warm and no, fuzzies. No, Lamar is is not really uh, pumping your nads there. Um, but I think we are, we're both on the same page that um he, it's it's within the realm it's within reality that um he could um have learned some lessons in the off season. It's within, it's within reality, right? Um, we're leaning towards the not, but it, but it's it's not something that's impossible. At the end of the day, and you can just go ahead and write it down. Ravens beat the brakes off the Dolphins. We're so not there that's, yet. That's tomorrow. So tomorrow's game: Packers and Bears. In, in first of all, let me do the introduction right. We are now getting into your predictions for Week One of the NFL season. Our I said your. I was telling. I was t- talking to the people, Tyler. Your, as in your predictions. Come on, come on. They, 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 because they love hearing our predictions. Oh, is it my predictions? Because I, I'm a champion. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. So, uh, okay, fine. Here we go. Our predictions for the NFL season, week one. It just doesn't sound like them to me. I know. Here we go. This you you and your face for radio. You calm down. <laughs> so, week one, we got the Packers and the Bears. I'm going to go ahead and go the Chicago Bears. Bears. Chicago Bears all day. I think they just uh, fleece the Packers in this one. Not a chance that the Packers are running away this time. It's going to be redemption time. Redemption time. Uh, week, in, in week one, starting on Sunday, we got the Chiefs and the Jags. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chiefs here. I am also going to follow the Chiefs. Yep, I believe the Chiefs are going to have a field day, and you're going to see Patrick Mahomes show up the way that he does. Uh, next up, we got the Falcons and the Vikings in Minnesota. I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings here. I'm going to take a shot on them. Uh, that Vikings defense is going to, going to get the job done. I'm not so sure about the offense, but we'll see. 
and Tyler is going to go ahead and I am take taking the Falcons. The Falcons. Yeah, uh, he, he, just because he wants to be mean. Um, you're, you're talking um, argu- um, arguably, um, you're talking top five duo. Okay, you're talking two of the top five um, receiver duos mm-hmm. um, combated off here. Yep, the two um, the two top duos really. And two off. Yep, and well, um, you got you got Ridley, you got Ridley and Julio. You you got Thielen and Diggs. I think the edge here. I mean, obviously the edge of the receivers goes to the Vikings, but the edge of the quarterback goes to the Falcons. Right. And I'm going to go with the Falcons on this one. I think the wild card here, uh, outside of the Vikings defense, because we're going to see what the Vikings defense is made of. The wild card here is going to be Dalvin Cook. Is Dalvin Cook going to show up? That's going to be the interesting. I think story. you can say the wild card is both running backs. Because can, can Freeman fall back into legendary juggernaut status? We're going to find and out. Stay healthy. We're going to find out now. Next up, you got the Titans and the Browns. I say the Browns run away with this. Browns, one. Browns, Browns. Browns are going to show up and no. hammer on. The we Titans. could come back next week and never pick the Browns again. Yeah, I mean, we could see. I mean, they could be the second coming of Super Team. Um, next up, you got Bills and the Jets and what should be the toilet bowl. It's amazing that one of these teams is going to be 1-0 by the end of week well, one. Remember my prediction, Jets are going to be this year's Browns. Yeah. They're going to set up two teams. They will be the England ones. I think that the Jets are going to beat the Bills, and I'm going to go with the Jets. I think the Jets as well. All right. And then your boys, the Ravens against the Dolphins. I think this is an obvious one. We're going with the Ravens. I think even if this game isn't going to be the game that, that proves it, but it could be the game that that proves otherwise. Right. If they get the, if Ravens get their their asses handed to them, hand the season over. Yep. But the Ravens winning doesn't necessarily show that the Ravens are going to be a successful team this year. Exactly. This is this is just a, this is like this, this is like one of those college football games where they take on a junk team and we won. How? That's basically yeah. What this is. However. And it's not going to happen. They're giving hell of a freeze over this happens. They're, they're taking on rice, yeah. basically. But, <laughs> how, however, if Lamar puts up 300 passing yards, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay, we, we have a chance yeah, here. That, that would be interesting. Because even last year they, they faced bad defenses and he still didn't put up, um, no. up over 200. An inaccurate arm. Powerful yeah. arm, but very inaccurate. But would you say, even against the Dolphins, if he puts up 300 yards and over 60%, like, okay, with what's going on here? He learned how to throw, which would be kind of like, interesting. Like, it's not going to happen, right? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you it's not going to happen. This is me being super wishful thinking. <laughs> but, That's you being optimistic but like I, I am about the oxen. <laughs> but I, well, I'm taking the Ravens here. I'm Lamar to run for 100 yards. Yeah. Now, uh, next up, we got the Redskins and the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles here. Eagles, all day. Uh, Redskins are not going to get anything done with no receivers in case Keenum at quarterback. I think they're sinking into rebuild mode um, as well. And you know that the savior is not going to be Dwayne Haskins. Uh, next up, you got the Rams and the Panthers. Kind of a good game, but I'm going with the Rams here. Uh, 100%. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams. Jared Goff is uh, going to put that new contract to good use and uh, light the uh, Panthers' defense up. Uh, next up, you got the Colts and the Chargers. I'm Which, going with the Chargers. Two weeks ago could have would have been a game of the week. Yep, would have been a game of the week, but we're, we're going with the Chargers. Chargers here. all day. Phillip Rivers going to come out firing, even without Tyrell Williams on the field, playing for the Raiders now. I think uh, Phillip Rivers goes nuts. Uh, next up, you got the Bengals and the Seahawks uh, on the Sunday afternoon. And not because of my love for the Seahawks, but because of the fact that AJ Green's gone and the Bengals are doing this tailspin. I'm taking yep. the Seahawks. I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks as well. I, it's you know it's going to be Tyler Boyd has to show up to get this thing done. 
Um, next up, Cowboys and the Giants. I'm going with the Cowboys. Cowboys, with the Cowboys. Too. Ezekiel Elliott's going to come out on that field. He's going to run all over the Giants. It's going to be a running back duel. Really, you got Saquon versus Zeke. And that's always an entertaining one to watch. Next up, kind of another toilet bowl. The Niners and the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Bucks here. I'm taking the Bucks. I think Bruce Arians comes out, starts uh, creating a little fire on this team. Um, I, I don't think the Niners are going to be anything to write home about. I think Jimmy G is still shaking off a lot of rust, still trying to figure some stuff out. Um, Jameis Winston could rekindle something. I'm going with the Bucks. I'm going to go on a, on a weird one. Oh boy. I'm going for 49ers. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to go like I'm super crazy for prediction. Mm-hmm. The 49ers will have Coleman and Breida both with them. Wow. That is, that, that's. But Garoppolo's going to throw three picks. Ouch. Ouch. So it's going to be all on the running game. Yes. Um, next up, we got the Lions and the Cardinals Sunday afternoon. Uh, I honestly, I'm, I'm going to go with the Lions here. Um, I, I am too. I don't. I don't buy Kyler Murray. I don't buy Kyler Murray. I, I didn't like his preseason performances. He didn't look like he was was able to. I, I watched him as particularly in the Vikings game. He didn't look like he get anything going. Uh, he has no supporting cast over there. David Johnson is okay, um, but I mean Christian Kirk is going to have to step his game up. Larry Fitzgerald is a. a I mean he's a ghost at this point. Um, I'm over here. I'm going with the Lions. Uh, next up, you got the Steelers and the Patriots. I'm going to go ahead and take the Patriots in this one. Um, I don't like the fact that they they are missing parts. I uh, they, you know, don't have Gronk on the field now. Nikhil Harry's on IR. You got Marius Thomas, who just got re-signed. He knows the system, but, man, he didn't really show up last year. Sony Michelle is going to have to turn it up. Julian Edelman's going to have to turn it up. They're going to have to create some stuff with the Patriots here. I'm going with the Pats. I'm taking the Steelers. Yeah. Um, the reason being, the Patriots seem to have this thing about starting seasons off slow. Slow, yeah, that's a thing. Um, that's a Patriot thing. I was actually on, my, on the phone with my dad this morning, because he's, he's a big Steeler fan. I said, man, I I, I, I I would love to have my hardest game to get the first game of the season. Right. Everyone's still kind of figuring things out. Yep. If you can figure, you can get that knockoff right away. Let's, I, I think Steelers going to be just that. I think they're going to beat the Patriots. Yep, that's a that's. I, and I don't blame you for that. I mean, this is, that one's kind of a toss up. I, I think it's your game of the week. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, uh, well, Falcons, um, Vikings, going to be a thing. That's going to be tough. But this one's also going to be Saints <laughs> and Texans. Yeah, we just stumbled upon that one. Monday Night Football uh, at seven ten. They got a double whammy on Monday Night Football this week because it's the opening week. So you got Texans and Saints in this one. I am going to go ahead and I'm going to go with the Saints. I think the Texans are going to put up a hell of a fight against the Saints, though. It's going to be a good game on Monday Night Football. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited. I'm going Texans. Oh, that a boy. I'm do it. That a boy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think Drew Brees is going to come out firing. Michael Thomas is going to do what he does. And we're going to find out what Alvin Kamara is all about against that Texans defense. But we got to remember this is a Texans defense that is void of Jadavion Clowney now. We got to see if Arcadius Mingo is going to show up and, and play ball. You got Will Fuller back. Yep, you got yep. That is another option. You got Dukey Johnson's going to get a chance to see what he can do. Yep. So I mean, we got we got options. And then last but not least, and it's funny that this one is on Monday Night Football. It's kind of a toilet bowl, but it is kind of entertaining because it's John Gruden. We're talking Broncos and Raiders. Um, well, you're talking two teams that are going to that. They're not, to me, they're not going to make the playoffs, but two teams that 
on any given day could be any team in the league. We're talking two very competitive teams. I think there's there's question marks on both teams. For sure. Um, and so I, I'm saying they're not gonna make the playoffs, but but their teams they're they're gonna be good enough to compete. Like they like, don't don't sleep on. Like, they're, not, they're not Miami or Cincy. This this game is good enough to watch for a few reasons. The first thing is is because it's Joe Flacco playing on a new team for the first time in his career. So we'll start there. Antonio Brown has been a circus show all <laughs> summer long, so we get to see Antonio Brown doing what Antonio Brown does. Adding to that, you get to see Derek Carr, who who had a tough couple of seasons. You get to see what's going to go on with the Raiders' backfield now that Doug Martin's been released, right? You get to see um, Tyrell Williams on a new contract. And then, you I mean, like I said, you get to see John frickin' Gruden doing what John Gruden does. And then John Gruden is, is a circus act in himself. I, I look at John Gruden and I say he's entertaining. So I mean, it's all about that pass rush, Tyler, don't you know? Um, so... Broncos Raiders. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say Broncos. I am too. And and I'm gonna say it's gonna be real close. It's gonna be a tight one. It'll be it'll be an entertaining division. It's gonna be a fun game. It'll be fun. I I'm hoping it'll be fun. Um, but it's it's kind of one of those toilet bowl type of games. But Broncos, I think, uh, sweep that one off. And with that, there are your predictions for Week One of the 2019-2020 season. There it is. There it is. Um, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are set. We got it all out of the way. There we go. Got it all out of the way. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. Special thank to our sponsor, It's Your Time Massage. We're going to be back on a weekly basis moving forward. Totally stoked for that. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week with all of the results for week one as well as some more news around the league. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.